The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is June 28th, 2016. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. It's about customer care and saving you money on your monthly transactions. Joining me today is, as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. All right, thank you. Just a quick review of last week's show. We had Lee Woodruff, co-founder of the Bob Woodruff, try saying that, Bob Woodruff Foundation. Their mission is to ask people to stand up for heroes and that we can find, fund, and shape innovative programs that help our impacted veterans, service members, and their families. Bill, they're a pretty good organization. I think, what was it, $33 million they gave out to nonprofits? That is great, uh, uh, Gary. Uh, Bob Woodruff, as uh, we know, is an ABC uh, correspondent who was severely injured uh, in Iraq. That foundation is outstanding with the things that they're doing to help and advocate uh, for our veterans who've served, especially in Iraq and Afghanistan. And the amazing thing, Gary, I, I believe, is that with the donations out of every dollar that they receive, about 87, 88 cents of each dollar goes directly to support those veterans who are in need. That's true. That is wild. That's a lot of money. And I'll tell you, if a nonprofit can keep their costs down like that, that's where they get a reputation. Again, if you missed that show, be sure to listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, this morning we have something a little unique. We have actually three gentlemen with us that represent three Tennessee veteran affiliations working as one volunteer unit to serve those who served in our military, the Knoxville Regional Veterans Mental Health Council, Legacy Peer Support Group, and the Vet to Vet Tennessee. Bill, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guests? It is my pleasure, Gary. And it appears that we have three very distinguished in individuals, uh, all who are members, as you mentioned, with the uh, Knoxville Regional Veterans Mental Health Council. Uh, first person I'd like to introduce is Ed Junard, uh, who is the treasurer, uh, Vet to Vet Tennessee, facilitator for Legacy Peer Support Group, and a veteran court uh, mentor coordinator, and uh, he's an instructor uh, dealing with uh, post-traumatic stress 
awareness. Also, uh, Randy Scott we have with us, who's the vice president, vet to vet, facilitator, legacy peer support, and uh, rural Tennessee Veterans Court coordinator mentor. And we've got... Excuse uh, me, Bill. I think Scott, I think uh, Scott had an emergency this morning. Is that correct, guys? Yeah, that's correct. We have Randy Baxter here. Yeah, Randy okay. Baxter. We've, we've got uh, Freddie Owens is with us, who's the president of Vet to Vet uh, Tennessee, and he is the uh, co-chair of the uh, Regional Veterans Mental Health Council, uh, veteran court mentor, and chairman of the faith-based community uh, uh, committee. Uh, I think we've got everybody. Randall Baxter. Randall Baxter, also uh member of the uh, Regional Council and Vet to Vet. Gentlemen, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Freddie, let's, uh, I just want to get some information where we get into some better questions than this. Is, but tell us how Vet to Vet actually got started. Uh, actually, the three combined units together, how did that all come about and who had that idea? No, I mean, we didn't have that particular idea. This is Freddie Owens speaking. We didn't have that idea. It just it just came about uh, with all of the uh, entities that that was going around. Uh, we weren't we were asked to start a uh, mental health council, which we really didn't want to. And through our training with Mo Armstrong, who's the president of Bet to Bet USA, we were trained as facilitators. And through that, uh, we had the mental health council that was. Uh, that was formed, and uh, I'll let Ed Janot fill you in on the other details on that. Yeah, I, uh, so uh, good morning. Uh, on uh, April the 18th, uh, two, uh, 2011, uh, myself and 23 others, including uh, Freddie Owens, were participating in the Knoxville Outpatient Clinic PTSD work group, which was uh, developed and run by Dr. Uh, Donald Richardson. And we were with that group for over a year, and for most of us, like myself, never went for any help for 47 years. And that, that's the way most of it was. Uh, and, and so we, we felt that we were getting better. And then on January 23rd, 2012, uh, the VA came to us and told us that there was no longer going to be our work group, and they had no other option for us. And so we were pretty upset about that because we finally got help after decades. And uh, a lot of negotiations between the VA and ourselves, uh, Dr. Everett uh, Jones, we were negotiating with. And uh, what we were asked to do is to start, as Freddie said, start a a mental health council. And uh, we didn't want to do that. We said, you know, we're the patients. They also asked us to start a peer support group. And once again, we were the patients and had no idea how to start a peer support group. So as Freddie mentioned, uh, Dr. Hunt, who was the mental health director, recommended Vet the Vet as one of the options. So we were fortunate enough to get a hold of Mo Armstrong, who was the founder of Vet the Vet USA. And he flew down at his own expense and our expense, and he taught us how to become a Vet the Vet. And on July 21st, 2012, uh, we started Vet to Vet uh, Tennessee. Uh, 
And then uh, as uh, we were working through this transition, we started uh, at the request of the VA on November 29, 2012, the council. And uh, right now, uh, there's three of us still together, right, Fred? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's how we we, uh, we we were only looking for help. We weren't looking to start any agencies. So the way I like to look at the three organizations is uh, just like an educational system. So you have the university, and, and that's the way we view the mental health council. There's no uh, treasurer. There's no money. And what that is is an advocacy group to sit alongside uh, the VA executives and discuss uh, the processes. Uh, vet to vet turns out to be our teaching arm, and they collect money. We're filed for 501c3. And what they do is go out there and find best practices. And in uh, doing that, we have developed several uh, one copyrighted program, as you mentioned earlier, Bill, uh, PTSD Awareness Intervention and Resolution Program. And uh, in the last year and a half, two years, we've trained almost 1,100 people about PTSD and suicide prevention. So, uh, so we are uh, working side by side this year uh, with the Department of Veterans Affairs. And I can tell you, uh, it's a wonderful relationship. It didn't start that way. It started out kicking us out, and now we're sitting across the table and uh, making a difference. Ed, do you have, as far as the um, uh, Tennessee, is that just in Tennessee, or is that other states also? Vet to Vet is uh, uh, nationwide. Uh, uh, Mo Armstrong, his name's Jay, uh, James Armstrong. He was a combat medic in Vietnam. He, he's the one that really started peer support 15, 16 years ago. And uh, so it, we're in every state. Uh, some are formal like ourselves. Uh, they're incorporated, and there are 501c3s. Uh, a lot of them are just, I'm a vet to vet. And uh, mm-hmm. so some are well-run and some are not. Uh, right. But we're lucky enough to have the founder teach us and then with the support from the, the VIZ-9, which is the region for the VA, and the current uh, acting medical director, uh, we're doing a great job and helping us. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. See how fast that 15 minutes fly by? You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Go ahead, what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our three guests from Vet to Vet Tennessee. And Bill? Well, Gary, uh, I think one of the things is of significance now is in terms of how do we assist our veterans uh, when they come back with post-traumatic stress, and they sometimes uh, run afoul of the law. And we've heard about treatment courts versus veterans' courts. And uh, I'd just like uh, our distinguished gentleman to talk a little bit about uh, how they handle that situation in Tennessee. Well, before we get to the courts there, Phil, uh, I mentioned a little while ago how we started. So now we've got these three organizations going, and we start learning a lot about the VHA, the Veterans Health Administration, and their mandates. And what we found was they, uh, they were not providing us fundamental mental health care, and, and that, that mandate was sent to them July 1st, 2009. Here we are in 2012 and 13 saying, hey, you're not doing any of this. They were supposed to have – the big deal about this change was it's the first time they were looking at peer-oriented services that were going to be mandatory as a fundamental component of our mental health. Our hospital and our clinic refused to do that. We were supposed to have peer support specialists, veteran justice outreach uh, off, uh, specialists, uh, uh, patient advocates, local recovery coordinators, and we had none. It took our fighting uh, with them for years. And after our frustration, even what you mentioned, the Veterans Treatment Court, uh, we started uh, that concept in January of 2013, and we asked the VA and others to work along with us because the program is great, and we were told no, and that, that's the relationship we had. So we went ahead and started our own, and we had the first veteran in our court in December of 2013. But after two years of sitting across the table and trying to get the VA to work with us, we filed a complaint with the Department of Veterans Affairs, OIG, Office of Inspector General. And we had quite a few allegations, and the primary allegation was failure to provide fundamental care. June 6th of the, June 7th of this year, uh, 
the OIG submitted their report, and we received a copy of it, and they agreed that this fundamental care was absent for over six years. Now, what we, I, I don't want to waste a whole bunch of time talking about all the years that we were fighting, but I can tell you this. The recommendations that they ha, uh, suggested, uh, Dan Snyder, he's the acting medical director for Mountain Home Health Care Services, uh, and uh, network director John Patrick, they both concurred with the uh, report and the recommendations. And the recommendation was to work along with veteran advocacy groups like ourselves, and, uh, and it works. Uh, we've seen a dramatic change in just as quick as January of this year because the report was accepted by the two officials in January. And I, I can tell you, Fred, right? I mean, it, Randy, it's like, it's like a different world, isn't it? We just met with those a couple weeks ago. And you wouldn't even know we're working with the same team. So there's good news out there. Uh, you know, we didn't quit. Right. And, and as veteran advocates and patients, we wanted the best care we could get. And we, we were denied fundamental care. But, boy, that's changing. And we're really lucky to have uh, Dr. Cecilia Farina Morin. She's the chief medical officer for Phys 9. And guys like Dan Snyder, they're just amazing. Let's well, touch briefly on uh, the reasoning of uh, why we got out of the Veterans Treatment Court into a former Veterans Court. Uh, myself uh, and uh, Dennis Lovin, we had a meeting with the State Mental Health Department you know, back in August of last year. And uh, uh, after coming out of that meeting with them, they basically told us in so many words that they didn't want to work with us. Uh, their program was the best in, uh, best in show that they had, uh, but yet and still they could not uh, provide us with the uh, fundamental training that we were looking for as far as across the state of Tennessee. And that was almost a year ago, and uh, they still haven't provided us with any training at all. We are basically referred to as the other group within the state. And when you get that, that trademark of being the other group in the state, you know something is going on that uh, the other groups are not getting. So uh, we're not we're thumping not our chest to the world, but what we're saying is that there are ways to accomplish tasks and uh, do it in the correct manner. And we ventured out on ourselves, and right now our graduation rate for the Veterans Court here that has been formed since August of last year is 100%, whereas across the state of Tennessee, that graduation rate is roughly 43 to 45%. So you tell me who's doing something right. So that's, that's where we are right now with the veteran uh, uh, treatment court versus the veteran court that we have here in Tennessee. Now, Freddie, uh, I, I, I'm still angry, and the word's angry, the way you were treated by the mental health department. And you and Dennis went out there to form a relationship and a partnership and you were denied that. They were told you don't even call them. Now, we, uh, the council, started the Veteran Treatment Court here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Freddie and I spoke directly with uh, Commissioner Grinder from the VA, Tennessee, and Commissioner Varney, Mental Health, and they asked us to help 
start Veterans Treatment Courts here in East Tennessee. Uh, where, where we fell apart was we were putting the training on for it. We actually held a boot camp, uh, for training, uh, mentors. And we had over a hundred people there. Uh, now I might add everything we do is free. I heard you talking about, uh, you know, the percentage, 88%, uh, all the money goes back. 100% of our money goes back. And, uh, so we, we do a lot of research because we want the best practices. So uh, back in 2012, the uh, state Senate and uh, Congress asked the Supreme Court, the Administrative Office of Courts, to do a study to see if we should have veterans treatment courts statewide. Uh, they did a one-year-long lo- study, and they concluded that legislation establishing a uniform statewide VTC system is neither necessary nor preferable. To the contrary, the AOC concludes that such a system would be detrimental. The most effective and cost-effective method of assisting the largest number of men and women who served in this country is to permit each judicial district to retain the discretion to address these issues. Uh, and so we followed that program. And then on July 1st, there was a Senate bill called uh, Veterans Treatment Court uh, bill or something like that, and that is when the state mental health took the training and responsibility away from the court system and put it into a mental health program, which we can't we can't even understand. One of the other conclusions they have here is there is no benefit to delete, uh, delineating parameters which limit the discretion of the courts and unnecessarily exclude certain service members or veterans. So we followed this program to the T, and it works. Freddie just talked about a 100% success rate. We have worked with uh, 35, 35 men and women that's in the judicial system in less than one year. Now, to give you a perspective, and this is all rural counties, and to give you a perspective, when we started the Knox County uh, Veterans Treatment Court, it took us over a year to have two graduates, and we had very few uh, in the program. Our program cost no money at all, and we don't only use the VA, but we use other uh, mental health providers such as Helen Ross McNabb Military Services Association. So we're very disappointed. In, uh, and, and we asked Commissioner Grinder if she would allow us to use her photograph in one of her brochures, and her lawyer wrote back and said, we don't agree with what you do. Now, all we're doing, the difference between a veterans treatment court and a veterans court, the difference is we care. And there's no money. We're not looking for power or anything like that. We're looking to help the families and the communities. And so far, we're doing a pretty good job. Well, Ed, how does one be? We have two, two Greens graduating from Loudoun County. Uh huh. Well, Ed, how does one become a mentor uh, if they want if they want to help? Well, uh, you know, one of the things that the report uh, warns everybody is about making this too rigid and all. Justice mm-hmm. for Vets is the one that took over in 2013, but the Veterans Treatment Court started in 2008. We followed that program. And we were lucky enough to work along with the founders. 
with Judge uh, Robert Russell and Jack O'Connor. And so for years, as we were developing this, we were, we were gleaming off uh, Buffalo Court and uh, Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then uh, our, our program takes a, almost a year, one year, to train a mentor. Just because you, if you're a veteran, that you're in. But that's only part of it. You need to be trained. What the state's doing right now, they're trying to put some in uh, these crazy encumbrances, and they teach you in one day, one day to be a mentor. Uh, when we ran that boot camp, all it was was an introduction, and it was two days, and that was just an introduction. So to be a mentor, we have a very methodical, uh, proven system uh, and all the courts that we've been setting up, we set up as judicial districts. And so right now we have nine counties that we're working with. Now, those nine counties that we're working with are all in the rural counties of Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the, all of those counties, uh, most of those individuals who serve in Iraq and Afghanistan come from the rural areas, and the rural areas do not have the... Uh, the, uh, the resources that the larger counties have. So we have to go and do our outreach in those rural counties to better serve them. So we serve a dual purpose no matter what it is that we do, uh, whether it's Knox County, Hamlin County, Monroe County, Madisonville, uh, it doesn't make any difference. And three months ago, we set up our first rural outreach center in Monroe County, which is in Madisonville, uh, Tennessee. And uh, the reception that we've gotten from them and with the judges that's in charge of that program there, uh, it's, it's going by leaps and bounds. And we have two other places, uh, two other counties, and one of them is within Knox County that have reached out to us in order to form a, uh, an outreach center where we can place you know, computers and all of this other information so veterans can come in and get the required information to get them into the court system. So we're not just a one-county uh, organization. We're all over about 13 counties and about 11 of the judicial, uh, the judicial districts here in Tennessee. Yeah, Fred, uh, you, you were talking about rural, and, and uh, that's been a struggle for everyone in this country, yes. including us. But when we first met the commissioners, one of the first things uh, we mentioned, we started the Veteran Treatment Court Committee. But at the same time, we started a faith-based a veteran-friendly congregation committee. And one of the reasons we started that is we found out from the VA, from the chaplain services, that veterans were five times more likely to go to their clergy than anyone else. And so with that, we had an opportunity to find the veterans. I think the hardest thing is is not only to find them, but to convince them that they really do need help and they need somebody to help them. And so we're just blessed to have that opportunity. Dr. Cecilia Farina Morin asked us in January if we could set up a outpost in a rural community. And not only did we do that, uh, we start, they were looking for just justice involved vets, but we do mental health, we do suicide prevention, and we do uh, interventions, and, we, uh, and we're just blessed to have this. And it doesn't cost us anything. Judge Thomas and his family donated the building, including the utilities, for free for us. And it's right across. It's a beautiful location. This is the way help and support is supposed to work. 
Right, exactly. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We can continue when we come back, Ed. Uh, the American Heroes Network has partnered with the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel, one of the only nonprofit veteran organizations that's been chosen for inclusion on the National VA website. We'll be releasing information soon about their upcoming shows. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our three guests from Vet to Vet Tennessee. And Bill, you had a good question. Uh, Gary, a uh, comment and leading into a question uh, with reference to our. Uh, veterans in the rural areas. Uh, as you probably know, gentlemen, the great majority of our serving people today are coming from the rural and remote areas across the country. Uh, and, and, and the VA uh, is, has not really measured up to being able to take care of uh, those individuals in the rural areas. Uh, the, the VA uh, today, in a lot of instances, is still our fathers, grandfathers, and great-grandfathers VA going back to the time when it served a veteran, a, 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 a urban veteran serving uh, in, in, in our country. Uh, there are challenges, many challenges for these individuals who live 50, 100 miles away, maybe from the nearest facility. Uh, so uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about those challenges with uh, transportation in particular, gaps in service uh, from the VA, getting appointments, and in some of those areas it may take an entire day to move from one location where they live to a CBOC or a medical center and return for 15 to 20 minutes 
uh, 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 session in terms of an appointment. How is that impacting the area that you serve in the eastern end of Tennessee? The majority of the areas that you're talking about in rural communities have no service, none. Now, I'll give you a good example. Uh, we, we started Monroe County Veterans Court, and we had justice-involved vets, and uh, we were supposed to contact what's called a veteran justice outreach specialist. Uh, now, that's another one of the things that we had in our complaint, that they failed to provide services to incarcerated veterans. That was a mandate back in 2009, and it took them to 2015 to get a VJO. Now, once we identified that specialist, no one, no one in over a year went out to visit any incarcerated veterans in any rural county, any. So what we were, what we were asked this year by uh, uh, Rob Campbell and Dr. Morin was to open up this outpost so we could go out there and find, which we have a very good uh, outreach program, to find the veterans. And, and so they wanted to just start a, um, you know, like a telehealth. Well, we found a partner, and one thing we're finding is the VA can't do everything. And one thing we're trying to teach not only the VA but also our veterans, don't expect everything from them. They just can't do it. You know, Dr. Uh, Morin taught me a good lesson December of this year, or last year. She told me there's three ways that we could work as an advocacy group uh, with the VA. That is one, when we make a recommendation, they might want to take that recommendation and partner with us. Two, they might not legally be able to. And three, they may not want to. And we could accept those. But when, when we accept they don't want to do that. We look at other practices. And God brought us to uh, Helen Ross McNabb, which started this brand-new military services program. And it was specifically a donor giving them money to help veterans who ordinarily couldn't get benefits from the VA or didn't want to go to the VA. And this is a free service. Now, the program was set up specifically only for Knox County. But when we met the director and and, uh, Dr. Melissa Rose and Amber uh, McMillan, we said almost every urban community has this stuff, but there's nothing out there in the counties. So we're fortunate that this uh, nonprofit organization is in just about every rural county, and we partnered with them. And so transportation is always an issue, Bill, as you pointed out. So our mentors help uh, them get care. So all of our justice and law vets or our suicide, all of them come here to Knoxville. They take that drive because it's worth it. And what we hear all the time, and we'll be hearing from James Wood tomorrow when he graduates, that this team cares. So I guess our point is, you know, they're out there. We need to find them. And we're lucky enough to find them. And we're getting the support. It's amazing if you come to our outpost. Our doors are open. And you'll see the mayor walk in. You'll see a criminal judge walk in. And you'll see our veterans inside. This is the way care is supposed to be. Well, well tell me, are you getting, 
are you are you receiving any support where what uh, is commonly called gaps in services uh, from the VA through your state and county uh, mental health facilities? Are they stepping up to assist veterans uh, when they're out in these rural areas to uh, shorten the travel distance and to be able to help them in their local areas? Well, right now, that that that, that answer is no, uh, and, and emphatically no. Uh, we found out that uh, the veterans much prefer to be uh, treated in their own rural areas. Uh, Helen Ross McMahon is a great outreach, uh, and it's all over the state of Tennessee. And the biggest thing about that is that we as Vet to Vet Tennessee, we serve as an administrative arm uh, for the uh, committees that we have, an administrative arm is where we provide the veteran support, the veteran mentors, uh, with the ability to go out there after they have been trained as facilitators and mentors to uh, go out and look uh, for these individuals. One of the other ways that we have found out to uh, get, you know, to uh, look for these veterans, as Ed mentioned, is through our veteran-friendly congregation, which we call a faith-based community. You'd be amazed how many veterans uh, will come to go to their pastor and ask for help. And we had, I had a classic example in my church, and my church has been doing this now for 16 years uh, as far as uh, helping veterans. And we have found a couple other churches here in the Knoxville area who are willing to give us uh, space, and we're waiting for the clearance from, the, uh, from, the, from their committee in order to set up a room for these veterans to come in whether they're in Knox County or any other county, the same as we out there in Monroe County. So we are uh, uh, very vigilant in what we do, and these individuals, whether they are men or women, they deserve the same type of services in the rural areas as we're getting in the urban area. But these right. areas have been shut down, and I can, I can uh, uh, speak to that, being that I'm in, in the middle part of it. Uh, Knox County of uh, some of these benefits and some of these uh, health services that I'm not getting. So I'm not going to get into that, but what we're concerned about right now primarily are the individuals in the rural, rural areas that we can help in a, in a forceful manner and get them into the system and get them the, the health services you know, that, uh, that, they, that they deserve. Yeah, Fred, Fred uh, said a dramatic, uh, dramatic no. And, uh, you know, uh, there are not these health care systems out there. That's why they were trying to do the telehealth. And then what we realized is, you know, thank God the VA asked us to do that. But what we realized is, you know, they need, uh, they need the personal care. Uh, that. So we think driving them and getting them there is even better. The other thing that we do, and we just started this in October of last year, Everybody in the audience, I hope, knows what 22 a day means, right? Bill and Gary, you know what that means, right? Absolutely, and it's a misnomer. Uh, In all probability, 22 is on the lower side, especially with the VA study that was done back in 2012. We only had uh, 21 states of our 50 states reporting their dramatic, uh, 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 situations uh, with uh, suicides. The most popular states 
where we have veterans like Texas and, and, and California, they were not a part of those 21. So uh, that's what we've accepted as 22, the, 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 the possibility that it's much higher than that. So, you know, when we heard that uh, President uh, Obama signed the Clay Hunt American Veteran Suicide Prevention Act, February 12th of 2015, we were thrilled. We were on your show, uh, Randy, remember? Yeah. And we were talking about suicide. Three of us that were there already had suicide attempts. And we were so happy that, man, everybody unanimously approved. We're finally going to do something to stop veteran suicide. Guess what? It wasn't funded. So, you know, we're going around, we're going, how's this done? So there was no money put to it. So we decided that we're going to go out there and we're going to start, because we already did PTSD awareness training to judges, law enforcement, uh, those type. And then we decided we're going to go out there and teach. We're going to do something. That was our new motto. We're going to do something about it. We already took care of uh, incarceration. We took care of homeless vets and things like that. We wanted to do something about the hardest thing to stop, and that's veteran suicide. And so we got trained in QPR, question, persuade, refer. And, And the state mental health taught us that. It's called the Tennessee Suicide Network or Prevention Network. And what we found is the state had not one penny earmarked, nor did they have a program specifically for veterans. So we went ahead and developed our own. And, and it's just been an incredible opportunity. Uh, a couple of months ago, we went to a high school, and we started training junior ROTC cadets, 77 of them. And seven of them during those classes reported that they were currently suicidal. So we're now working along. We've had a good track record on how well our programs are doing. And we just uh, suggested to the VA uh, just the last month with uh, Mr. Snyder that we look into having vet to vet uh, be the teaching arm when it comes to PTSD awareness, intervention and resolution, and veteran suicide. And so far, not only have we taught cadets, we've been to churches, uh, we've been to 911 dispatchers, crisis negotiators, judges, lawyers, veterans, and their families. And this is a great opportunity. Uh, Gary, you and I talked about uh, how to set all this stuff up, and it's free. And when you walk away in an hour and 15-minute training program, guess what? You know what you're doing. And you might be able to help yourself. That's true. That's very true. You know, it kept popping up in my mind as far as their health health goes for a veteran. You do have the Choice Program out there, don't you? The Choice Program, yep. Yeah, we okay. have the Choice Program, but it has its flaws, <laughs> many flaws. Okay. Um, well, the major flaws they have in there has to do with Tri-West. Tri-West uh, uh, used to be uh, Tri-West. Uh, they, they covered three states out in the West during the earlier part of 2014, 2015, and they weren't able to uh, adapt, uh, cover the areas, and they lost the contract, and what you know, they came back and applied for the contract that the VA put out about a year and a half ago, and they gave TriWest that multi, 
uh, a nationwide contract, and they still have not been able to live up, you know, to their uh, well-being. Uh, they've changed so much of the choice program over the past year. It used to be straight line distance. Now it's around the distance. It's 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 around the mountain. It's over the mountain, and right now. Uh, here in this in the state of Tennessee, uh, with Mr. Snyder at Mountain Home, uh, he has devised uh, ways uh, of getting around that particular system. Uh, that you, well, I'm not sure it's uh, getting around the system. It's, it's, it's more like uh, building a better network, a, a, a better network, and utilizing the system. Now right. it's you get a call. And they'll tell you that uh, uh, TriWest has 10 days to get in touch with you. And right. if they don't get in touch with, intent, with you in 10 days, no, you give them a call back. And they, in turn, will give you permission to go out in your own neighborhood right. and find a uh, provider that can give you the services that's rendered. So mm-hmm. it's been for us, like Ed said, over the past three months, uh, three to six months, it's been a very, very receptive program that uh, Mr. Snyder and those up at Mountain Home is bringing forward. So we, right. we applaud him for that because without uh, what he's doing, we would be still back in the dark ages. Yeah, uh, right. The VA well, was really break. smart in 2008 when they created Ed, the Mental Health Council. Yeah. We can come, Ed, if we can come back to that, we'll, we'll come yeah. back from the break and co- cover that area, okay? Okay. Okay, you're listening to the American Heroes Network is. Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. the Mental Health Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, 
back to our program. Don't worry about me. Welcome back. We're the three guests of Vet to Vet Tennessee. And uh, we were talking about, uh, I guess, the the choice program still, and I was explaining how I used it. But, again, what are are the downfalls you're you're seeing with them, uh, Ed? We just brought it up two weeks ago, and that's why I was bringing up this mental health council guideline. You know, the VA created it. We followed it, and it works. And so the whole concept is for us to, as veteran advocates to report to the senior executive services of the VA uh, what's happening out there, good and bad. And two weeks ago, we showed them a great model mm-hmm. of TriWest and how that worked. And one of the reasons it worked so well is because the individual was doing follow-up, not only from TriWest but also the VA. Then we showed them a disaster case that was just riddled with problems, triggers for the veteran, all because nobody was following up. No one. So what we recommended to them is, let's look at the model that works well, didn't cost any money, it's a matter of a piece of paper, and uh, the veteran was told, step by step, this is what's going to happen. So it's it's, it's this type of feedback from and to that really makes a big difference, right, Fred? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And and the other thing that I want to add is that it's we want to make sure that the veteran uh, is uh, responsible for his own actions, and we give him the tools. No, we give him the tools. No, to uh, reach into the system. No, request uh, uh, the use of the choice card and follow up in the prescribed manner. Uh, It's not all on the VA all the time. Uh, many of the times, uh, some of the veterans forget about uh, well, when they're supposed to call back. They don't call back, and it's three or four weeks later, and then everything is everything is out of whack. So, with that, I'm going to leave leave that uh, let, leave that out and uh, let Mr. Baxter uh, summarize in his own words what he feels as though some of the key points that we came across this morning. Sure. If you don't mind, Randy, just one thing. Uh, you know, my brother's a Marine. He lives up in Pennsylvania. And he sent me a note this morning and asked me if I ever heard of, and I'm going to ask you guys, have you ever heard of Tim McGraw's uh, song, uh, Humble and Kind? Have you guys heard of that? Uh, I might have. I probably did, but I don't well, <laughs> it, It's a wonderful song. I posted it on our website, and here's the last verse. Always stay humble and kind. Don't take for granted the love this life gives you. When you get where you're going, don't forget to turn back around and help the next one in line. Always stay humble and kind. And if we could get our executives, because a lot of the workers at the VA do this, if we could just get them to understand the humble and kind instead of the power and money, it would make a big difference. Thank you. Gary, how much more time do we have? Uh, We have about uh, maybe six minutes. About six minutes. Um, well, Fred and Eddie asked me to speak. I, um, I, I just need y'all to know that I'm a non-veteran. And uh, I have been involved with these guys uh, for the past several years and watched them grow and watched them change and watched them fight their battles. And I'm sure it's the same battles that all veterans who need these services have to fight, but they're fighting those battles by themselves. But I have seen Ed and Freddie and their group be asked what they need for treatment, 
And when they answer what they need for treatment, uh, they have been told no several times. And then uh, Ed and, and Freddie have had to go in and fight uh, the, the VA and say, look, the VA rules say these services are to be provided. And, and then we might find that those services are funded but still not provided. And that's the battle that, that I think all veterans have to have to go through, and I think it's an information issue. But, but uh, I know that the East Tennessee veterans around here are so lucky to have these men who are blazing this trail, uh, pioneers in trying to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we combat uh, bureaucratic, um, I don't know what the right word is, I don't think it's ineptitude, but bureaucratic resistance to providing the services that the VA is, is supposed to be committed to care and to provide. And I have watched them fight the battles even for the, the what do you call it, the VJO? I think the way I remember it, it was funded and somebody had, had the money for the job, but they were not performing the job. They were performing some other task, but they, they were using the VJO money. So, so these guys have had to fight day, day to day um, to, to uh, help themselves, and then if you turn around, and now we see uh, dozens of other veterans following them and getting the same help that these guys have had to fight and lay the pathwork down for. So right. um, that's the biggest thing that I would like to say is these guys, to me, when you talk about what heroes are, uh, you know, heroes are not just, even though uh, uh, Freddie Owens, I think you were in the first battle of I Drang. You know, uh, uh, and that, those guys were all heroes, but these other heroes are these guys 50 and 60 years later who are saying, hey, I am carrying a wound from that war that nobody can see and that I need, I need to have some help or some treatment uh, to, to get better, and they find out that their rules are kind of stacked against them. Right. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but... but uh, uh, I'm very proud of these men and the organizations that they have formed, and, and uh, uh, you just need to know that, that what they have done uh, needs to be heard and followed so that other veterans can not have to fight this battle by themselves. That's true. I just want to say one thing in, in closing, Gary, is that sure. uh, I was speaking with a group of veterans Saturday, and one thing stuck with me real, real, really well. Uh, one guy stood up and he said he had just retired, you know, from working for about 36, 37 years, and he went in to request uh, for his benefits. And they looked at him and they said, "What took you so long?" Uh, he said, "Well, I've been working, and so and so and so and so." So what's happening is, if you're out there working and trying to provide for your family and not applying for your benefits, they're getting the stigma attached to them because they didn't go to the VA to try and get these benefits, but when they retire and walk in, they get slammed because they worked for another 35 years to try and make a living for their family, and the VA is holding it against them. Yes, Randy, you always uh, ask us how we're going to continue. Because, Freddie, you and I are old, whether we like it or not. <laughs> and the majority of us, us. Of us okay. are Vietnam vets. And we believe it is our duty to do this. Now, I'm proud to say Randy hosted a Korean 13th Annual Korean War Veterans Luncheon this Saturday. And we always like to uh, support them. 
Well, how many young people did we have there, uh, Afghanistan or Iraq veterans? And on Saturday, in order for us to uh, perpetuate our programs, we just invited three different young organizations into our council. The right. University of Tennessee, they have a veterans group called Vol Fighters. The president is Brandon, Brandon Pendergrass. He's a Marine. And Tyler Warner, he's, uh, he's the vice president. Pellissippi State Community College, we had the president there, uh, another Marine, Graham Watson from Cut from Kevlar, and right. Brent Benet. He's a local guy from the IAVA, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. And so what we want to do is give them what we've been uh, making sure happens. I'm going to stop using the word fight because we found a mechanism uh, through the VA and through this partnership how it works. And we want to be able to turn this over to these guys. I don't know about you, uh, Randy, but when I was sitting there watching... Uh, these guys kneeling down, talking to these Korean veterans, as young as they were, just opened my heart. I, I, I was so proud to be a veteran. It just blew me away. And I really thank well, you. And, and what are you talking about? We had 160 Korean veterans uh, okay. coming for dinner, and we had our Vietnam veterans and our Iraqi and Afghan veterans serve their service. We have, this, is, this can be found on the site, so our listeners can find out more information, uh, and, and that's the way to do it. Okay. Um, as again, appreciate you guys being on this morning, and uh, good luck to you. If you need help from us, just give us a call, and we're, we're going to be contacting you in the very near future. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived. Thank you, Gary. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America and we truly